3: the weekend won the lottery for the sixth time which sounds kind of suspicious honestly I mean you win the lottery once you leave Idaho relax Idaho just take it easy there's a snow blizzard in New York we're in a bad mood it makes us feel better to on other places (laughs) just enjoy your beautiful landscapes Idaho There's a foot of snow here, and the rats are making snow angels.
4: (laughs) You know, all right, he brought me around. I was going to give him the back of my uh, rhetorical hand. but (laughs) Yeah, that is funny.
5: So, um, I didn't look at the print version of the New York Times. I think this was their Sunday front page story. I don't know how much relevance that has anymore, since most people look at stuff online. It used to be in one of the biggest news deals in the entire world. What was the Sunday front page story of the New York Times? But Sure,
6: top of the fold. Um, Sunday carried more weight than than the other days? Or Yeah. Okay. Yeah, just having uh, grown up
4: and my parents growing up in the New York metro area, you know, you might not get the New York Times delivered daily, but everybody got the Sunday Times. Okay. So, like,
6: so like the big expose stuff, they would kind of save for those? Mm-hmm. Well, okay. and it, yeah. And in every town, the
5: Sunday paper was the big one. Hmm for whatever reason. Got the oh, no.
6: color comics, got the crossword puzzle. Oh, oh, that. Yeah. yeah. Calvin and Hobbes in color, yes. Please.
5: So their, their big story was about how easy it is for someone to ruin your reputation online and how difficult it is to do anything about it. I am somewhat concerned that the only thing that stops this from being way more rampant than it is is a lot of people don't know that you can do this and them writing the story and us talking about it is going to open up a, a lot of us and especially high profile people i think to this sort of thing but i suppose we should be aware of it and then my ultimate point the ultimate point um which i uh stand behind wholeheartedly i'll make at the end of this but they're talking about this guy named Babcock Mr Babcock who uh found out and you'll 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 learn this as i tell the story that if you googled his name it came up that he was a pedophile he is not. He is a successful businessman, upstanding member of community. He was sure there was a way to have the lies about him wiped from the Internet when he found out that this stuff was on there. Many of the slanderous posts appeared on a website called Ripoff Report, which describes itself as a forum for exposing complaints, reviews, scams, lawsuits and frauds. Its tagline is consumers educating consumers. Huh. That, that sounds like a good thing that I want to go to, Right. It does indeed, I find out that there's a business where, hey, they're selling lawnmowers that don't work, and I go onto this website and I post it to help other people out. He started clicking around and eventually found a part of the website ripoff report that offered arbitration services, which cost up to $2,000 to get rid of, quote, substantially false information. That sounded like extortion to Babcock, since this information was completely fake. Um, and he wasn't about to pay to have lies taken off. Ripoff Report is one of hundreds of complaint sites, and that's in quotes also. Others include She's a Home Wrecker, Cheater Bot, and Deadbeats Exposed that let people anonymously expose an unreliable handyman, a cheating ex, a sexual predator, a deadbeat dad, whatever.
4: She's a home wrecker. <laughs> okay.
5: There's no fact checking at all involved in any of these websites. The sites no. often charge money to take down posts, even defamatory ones, and there's limited accountability. Ripoff Report, like the others, notes on its site that thanks to Section 230 of the Federal Communications Decency Act, there's Section 230 rearing its head again. Hello, for good or ill, it isn't responsible for what users posts. What a user posts. If someone posts false information about you on Ripoff Report. The CDA prohibits you from holding us liable for the statements which others have written. You can always sue the author if you want, but you can't sue Ripoff Report just because we provide a forum for speech. With that impunity, Ripoff Report and its ilk are willing... This is back to the commentating on that. Mm. With that impunity, Ripoff Report and its ilk are willing to host pure uncensored vengeance. Two weeks after this guy Babcock discovered the pedophile posts online, a friend called. He'd heard about the accusations from another village resident where they lived. Someone had spotted them while Googling an ice cream parlor the Babcock family owned. Mr. Babcock soon installed a home security system because he'd read about vigilantes going after accused child molesters.
4: Oh, my gosh.
5: It turns out the way, uh, I don't think it's in the part that I was going to tell you.
4: Uh, Well, that reminds me, we got to get to the whole Lincoln Project story where it it was practically a ring for man-boy love. And This is not a bizarro conspiracy theory either. It's true stay tuned for that.
5: So at the beginning of this story, they mention how uh, because of the way Google's algorithms work, and if you get a number of hits, and if you're like a nobody, there aren't many hits on your name. So he, when you Googled this guy's name, the first thing that came up on Google was accused pedophile. Oh, That's my the God. the first thing that came up if you Googled his name. What a nightmare. And then it, when you Googled their, their family ice cream story, the first thing that came up was... Well, right below the actual ice cream store was, you're a pedophile. And somebody had just posted it there, and then he's trying to figure out how to get up. Back to the story. Uh, Where was I? He installs a home security system. He and members of extended family reported the online harassment to police in England and Canada, where most of them lived. Only the British authorities appeared to take the report seriously. In October 2018, while scrolling through items deep in his Google results, Mr. Babcock came across a blog where a commentator falsely called him a former janitor who was masquerading as an IT consultant. It was similar to attacks elsewhere, but this one had an author photo attached. A woman with long red hair wearing a black blazer and chunky earrings. He recognized her. He hadn't seen her in decades, but he recognized instantly the woman's name uh, and her work portrait when she had worked in a real estate office that the family owned. She'd initially been a star employee, but her performance deteriorated. Um, and her, this guy's dad had fired her. Afterwards, she had threatened his father, blah, 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 blah. So she was a disgruntled employee. From decades ago? From, from 30 years ago, who had been making these posts on all these different sites. It's just as he went. As he went back through and tried to figure out who's posting this stuff, he couldn't get anybody, you know, cops or anybody, to try to do it. He did it himself. He came yeah. across a really old one where she had posted with her actual name and picture, and and figured out it was her. What but now, he figured cook. it out on his own, and it's just luck that he did. All she was was a disgruntled former employee who was who was just making crap up and putting it on these these many, many, many websites that exist out there saying stuff about him. These situations where one angry person targets a large group of perceived enemies are not uncommon. A lawyer who specializes in online defamation represents a group of 53 people who have filed a lawsuit saying they were attacked online by this one dude, Tanvir Fareed, after he failed to get jobs at their companies. Um, so they're trying to get all that stuff taken down about their company. For victims, these sorts of attacks can literally... <laughs> I've, I remembered I wanted to comment on this. This is the lawyer that they hired. I'm going to read her quote. These sorts of attacks can literally end their life and their career and everything. You need to hire a better lawyer. Yeah. Any lawyer who says it can literally end your life, probably not, your career, maybe, and everything, that's yes. unlikely. It's yep. unlikely it can end everything like the, Shutting down the universe, folks. <laughs> the sun and the moon. Literally. Love exactly. puppies. Right. I am literally starving. The oceans. If you have a if, <laughs> if you have a lawyer who says this can literally end everything, you need a better lawyer. But right. Back to the story. Many of the victims have tried to get tech companies to remove the abusive posts, but they found they run into American laws that protect American websites, the whole Section two hundred thirty thing again. It says that publishing platforms aren't liable for what their users publish, even if they moderate some content. They don't have to moderate all of it, which is the current rule. Um, And we all know how that battle has been going. We've talked about it a lot under U.S. law. A foreign court generally can't force an American website to remove content, so it can be on. You know, it can damage people all over the world if if it's an American company. The only site that victims had success was with was this ripoff report. It took a year of emails from their lawyer. But in December 2016, the site took down 14 posts. And Ripoff Report said, Ripoff Report believes in the First Amendment, but it's also cognizant of the fact that people can and do abuse online platforms. Yes, they but, do. Uh, aside from Ripoff Report, there are thousands of posts on more than 100 other complaint sites. Most of those sites don't reveal who runs them and don't respond to emails. There's no way to contact them at all. Those posts remain online, all the posts about him being a pedophile. Right, right. Hundreds yeah, of sites, uh, 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 who knows where they are, you don't know who runs them, they show up if you Google his name, could happen to you, me, anyone with a disgruntled employee, you know, an ex-girlfriend, uh, s- someone who just wants to ruin you for business reasons, could be anybody that could do that.
4: I've heard that commercials for, is it Reputation Defender? That's, uh, I... Uh would guess it's going to be an up-and-coming industry, people who do that for a living. I say, look, there's a rumor going around that, I don't know, I cheated golf, and I, I need you to you know go online and start dealing with that, and they'll spend months and months and months writing letters and making demands, and maybe eventually the website takes it down. That seems awfully cumbersome. Well, it took
5: a year and hundreds of emails from lawyers to get that one website to finally do it. The other websites, you can't even get a hold of anybody. You can't email them if
4: you want to. And this guy was talking about stuff that's demonstrably false, and he knows who posted it. Right. and it was that hard. Right, so yeah, that's not
5: good. So you don't really have a chance to do anything about this. Um, and you, and again, I think it's just because most people don't know it's this easy to end have it end up at the top of the Google searches that it hasn't happened more often. Um, you know that a you know you, you dump some girl or some guy, and they think oh, I don't know how I'll get back at them, and it's anonymous. You'll never get caught. You'll never get caught. Hmm. Um, So here's my ultimate point that I wanted to get to, and this is where probably the most damage is done. Short-term damage is the stuff we were just talking about it and people's individual reputations. Long-term overarching damage to all of society is eventually there'll be so much of this stuff out there that none of us believe any of these things, and people will actually rip people off or abuse children or, you know, whatever it is, they, they
4: get away with it. Right, because it's, it's we've just we've all come to a point that we're numb to any of those accusations. It reminds me of our discussion about the deep fake videos, where you can uh, uh, show me uh, clubbing a harp seal as I run for Congress, and it's not me; it's totally faked up. Or the other side of that coin is, I do go around clubbing harp seals, and I can claim, "Ah, oh, it's one of those deep fake videos," and nobody can believe anything. Same thing. Is this guy a child molester? I don't know. I read he was. I don't know. Yeah, it's troubling. Speaking of troubling. Uh, is there any fixing that? Is there any fixing that? Oh, man. Well, yeah, potentially. I mean, obviously, you got to look into Section 230 and, and slander and libel laws and who's a publisher, but nobody's quite figured out how to pull that off.
5: Right, and, you know, we've got free speech to, to, to deal with and all the various things, and I understand that. But, man... Back in the day, pre-internet, you couldn't put an article in a small-town newspaper that everybody would see anonymously claiming I'm a a pedophile.
4: Right, right. Sick. And ruin my life. On the other hand, the Lincoln Project is full of a bunch of man-boy lovers, apparently, and and, uh, the uh, San Francisco School District, which doesn't have schools. They, I mean, they they have buildings, but they haven't educated anybody for a very long time, many, many months. And they were taking all the uh, the names off the schools, including Abraham Lincoln, for God's sake. More on that. But that idiocy, they were just getting warmed up. Oh, no. Their, their latest move, you're going to think, is fiction. I haven't heard this. Oh, you're going to think I made it up. Okay. But it's real. All and right. It's next.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
5: Super Bowl, at some point, I would like to hear that. See if it's still a close game. I'd love a close game. It'll be my first football I watch of the year, but if I can get my TV to turn on or off.
4: It's tough to bet on the Super Bowl, man. It's it's just because it's such a different game. Some players adjust well to the pressure. Some freak out. Tom Brady is not going to freak out with the pressure. No way. No way. Neither is Pat Mahomes. He just won it last year. True. Came from behind. Really looking forward
6: to it. Still a th- uh, three-point favorite, Chiefs minus three. I'm
4: surprised it's that
5: close. Just, th- 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 you know, I haven't watched any of the games, but...
6: Yeah, Tampa I remember... was the
5: underdog in every game, run every game on the road.
6: Mm-hmm. Betting oh. lines are not predictions of what the score will be. Their purpose is to generate equal betting on either side of the line.
4: Right, exactly. Uh, yeah.
6: it, it took more points to get people to bet against Michael Jordan.
4: I remember back in the day. Mm. So the Bulls would be heavier favorites than they, uh, they ought to be. But um, to uh, what I was talking about last segment, I'm trying to figure out exactly how to present this in one order. We got an email the other day from a lady. She said she liked the show, but when are you going to stop with your rants against social justice and admit you're racist and help fight racism? And it's like, babe, you are that. I'm, you know what? That was condescending. You think? Ma'am. <laughs> lady 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 lady. Uh, my problem is that you and your ilk call everything racism every point of disagreement is proof that we're racists even though you call it everything racist including things that aren't for instance you're gonna think i'm making this up san francisco school board you remember they decided to rename 44 schools because they're named after people with ties to racism or slavery or being mean to Indians or, or whatever. And Charles Lane actually wrote a great piece in the WAPO. Maybe we'll get to that eventually. But, um, now the arts department has taken a bold move by changing its name, VAPA, which is, uh, I remember my kids' art department was VAPA to uh, visual and performing arts. Mm. They've changed the name VAPA because they say, and I quote, Acronyms are a symptom of white supremacy culture. Acronyms? Acronyms are proof of white supremacy. Wow. NASA, white supremacy. How about? Radar, white supremacy. All of them. I know. What what do you even say to that?
5: What? Do you have to be able to say it as a word for it to be an acronym? Like, is the NAACP an acronym, or is that just an abbreviation?
4: That's just uh, initials. Okay. Just initials. VAPA has to change because acronyms are a symptom of white supremacy culture. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the gal, I think her name was it was Bev, maybe, who wrote us that note. If I say, I think acronyms are a perfectly reasonable way to name something, you're saying I'm a racist, which is one of the most loathsome things you can accuse somebody of.
5: Well, she's not actually, which we've talked about in the past. We, I think it would be better off if we all caught on to the game here, which you discussed at great length last week. It is just about tearing everything down. If you tear everything down, you can start over with your new vision.
4: Right. They don't need to believe this
5: stuff. They just need to destroy everything that's already existed.
4: Yeah, I didn't get to the uh, controversy at the United Nations International School, which is this incredibly expensive school for the powerful and the elite and the diplomats and the rest of it. The little militant children have terrorized the faculty, the staff, and the administration. (laughs) The
5: little militant children.
4: (laughs) Seriously. And the people who run this school are running for their lives. It's quite the tale. I want to hear all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Armstrong and Getty.
3: The Armstrong and Getty show If it was not right for anybody to do sexual harassment if it wasn't right for Bill Cosby for for uh, for Weinstein for anybody then it's not right for John Weaver and they need to be held accountable and they certainly need to be asked questions by their donors of what did you know when did you know it because I could tell you right now many members of the Lincoln Project knew it was blatant it was open he was going after their own interns.
6: Who
5: the heck is John Weaver, you're asking? Which is a decent question.
4: He's one of the movers and shakers behind the Lincoln Project, an alleged group of moderate Republicans who are trying to get uh, Trump out of office or undermine or get rid of him or or what have you. They ran all sorts of over-the-top ridiculous ads.
5: Your description is different than mine. Soulless grifters with no political leanings other than how do I get rich or apparently in some cases how do I get laid in addition to get rich. That has really nothing to do with politics, but they're sure on MSNBC a lot and quoted in the New York Times a lot because they're former Republicans who are against Trump. What a load of crap that is. There's so many people in politics that have no um, uh, principles. There's nothing they care about policy wise at all. Right. And it might even be like. The majority of people in politics are that way. They, 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 none of the policy stuff matters. They just picked a team at some point, and they try to enrich themselves off of it.
4: Well, unlike like a major league baseball player, for instance, they'll happily switch teams to uh, make more money across the street.
5: The probably most famous guy in the Lincoln Project is this Mike Schmidt. He's famous because he ran, well, he was involved in Dick Cheney and George Bush and all this other stuff, but he ran John McCain's campaign, and then they made a movie about it, and Woody Harrelson played it, played him. He's the guy that picked Sarah Palin. You know, he's that whole thing. People mm-hmm. on the left hated him for years because he was part of the neocon, started the Iraq war, Cheney, Sarah Palin thing. And then when he decided to go anti-Trump and raise a ton of money off of it and then take incredibly high salaries from his own organization, he's on MSNBC all day long. They just love him. Oh, my Hailed God. Hailed he a hero. They just, they just they hang on his every word. You have so much courage. Right, exactly. Yeah. Disgusting. What, what the hell ever.
4: That's hilarious. But now, so it turns out one of them is... Uh, and that, these were the people who ran those ads that uh, uh, the little kid uh, uh, says, Mommy,
6: who won the
4: election? <laughs> Trump did. And you hear the,
6: sig-hale, sig-hale, sig-hale,
4: in, in the background. <laughs> oh, my God.
5: I mostly ignore this sort of stuff because I don't think most people even know these things exist. I do like this quote from Gren- Glenn Greenwald about the Lincoln Project, though. One of the most impressively successful grifts in U.S. politics in years, a bunch of failed, washed-up, discredited GOP lifers, many responsible for a lot of the worst sleaze of the Bush-Cheney era, rebranded themselves as hashtag resistance liberals and made themselves rich off of that. That's a pretty good
4: description. Meanwhile, one of the guys, one of the head guys, is trolling for young boys. Sexually. Clip 60, please.
3: One young man uh, publicly expressed that he spoke to at least three members of the Lincoln Project, including Mike Madrid, uh, one of the co founding members, saying that he was being sexually targeted by uh, John Weaver. And recently, I heard that. Uh, a writer who I cannot mention his name, but he is a very, very well-known conservative writer who does not like Donald Trump and publicly does not like Donald Trump, but he's a household name, was asked to join the Lincoln Project, and he said, I can't because of John Weaver's Weaver's reputation. This was the biggest open secret in Washington, D.C. Everyone knew, except apparently the people who worked at the Lincoln Project.
4: Okay, he's tap-dancing around the facts, which are... Uh This John Weaver, longtime Republican strategist, co-founder of the Lincoln Project, has for years sent unsolicited, sexually provocative messages online to young men and boys, often while suggesting he could help them get work in politics if they'll go ahead and have sex with him. His solicitations, including sending messages to a 14-year-old asking questions about his body while he was still in high school, and then more pointed ones after 18, so he was grooming Boys for years and years and years, and there
5: are something like fifty people claiming that he was doing this um imagine if they had been uh actual Republicans and it had been women instead of uh you know male on male uh you'd have been ruined. You couldn't have an open secret like that in the modern world. you'd be ruined and rightfully so, but this uh flew under the because 'cause they're part of the resistance, and you know. The greater it's, good it's, is that It's so against- much
4: like Michael Avenatti. Remember that? Right. right that right. guy couldn't have been a bigger scumbag. <laughs> but all he had to do was come out against Trump, and all of a sudden he was a hero of the resistance. Anyhow,
5: anyway. uh, this uh, Gurduski Gurduski goes even further here.
3: The Lincoln Project was used for two purposes: a grift to make money, and as a predatory or a grooming organization for John Weaver to get young men into bed. I mean, what you've seen in the media is nothing compared to what the messages I have are. And I'm not out to embarrass somebody, but they are descriptive, they are disgusting. And he was – people are saying the 21 men from the New York Times. I had 30 young men. Another writer had over 50. It's probably over 100 young men in a five-year period. This wasn't like he was doing it to one person, two person. Bill Cosby would blush. At the actions of John Weaver.
5: It's shocking you don't expect somebody to be that lacking in principles. Who goes around lying about their political beliefs to get money.
4: He told one young man he would spoil you when we see each other. I'll help you other times too. Give advice, counsel, help with your bills. You help me, centrally. Nice.
5: Okay. Mm. Politics is full of not just, not, not sexual predators so much. I don't know what percentage of them do that. But the whole... I only believe something because it makes me money. It's just as common as not. It's Please. sickening. The yeah. whole thing is sickening.
4: Most of those people who are desperately trying to get your loyalty and your enthusiasm are despicable humans. Mm-hmm. Don't fall in love with politics and politicians. Ah, uh, don't. Uh, hey, listen, here's some good advice. If your car is getting close to being out of warranty, our sponsor, CarShield, wants to give you maximum safety on the road for low month-to-month cost. They help protect you from expensive car repairs. In fact, plans from CarShield can save you thousands for a covered
6: repair.
5: Yeah, that's pretty cool. You know, you might not know this, but they're America's number one auto protection company at this point. Have helped over one million drivers, and it's easy to sign up for, easy to get out of. And whether your car is five thousand miles on it or one hundred and fifty thousand miles, this is a good way to protect your car and and just feel more comfortable as you're driving around in case a breakdown occurs.
4: Payments are flexible, and plans are customizable to your exact needs, depending again on your car, its uh, its value, its age, the rest of it. Drive with confidence. Get coverage today. See why Car Shield cars go further. Go to carshield.com, use the code Armstrong to save 10%. That's carshield.com, code Armstrong, a deductible may apply. One more time, carshield.com slash Armstrong, or if you're old school and you want to call them on the phone, it's 800-665-2157 for carshield.
5: Fauci had just said that the, F, the, the CDC may recommend double masking. So I'm going to try that real quick. Well, which I got, a, I got like the medical kind of mask, which they say is about
4: the best. And then a gorilla mask. And
5: then, and then a Nixon mask. Um, so do you, do you know, am I supposed to have different kinds? Because I've got, I could do two of the cloth, two of the medical. Let well, me if you do like
4: it. two N95 masks, you're going to have to suck air as hard as you can to get it through. I'll have to drill a
5: blowhole in the top of my head. <laughs> I'll need a blowhole. I don't think that works. Um, which mask should I put on first? Which one should be on the bottom? The medical or the cloth?
4: I would go with the medical uh, okay. as the base the foundation layer. Okay. Then I'll pay off that uh, that story about the school yeah, the cloth where, the, on. where the teachers and administrators are terrified. There you go. I got
5: the medical one on and now I'm going to okay, put so a one on Okay, so that's not an N95.
4: That's just like he's a nurse. Okay.
5: Okay, I got them both on. I got to yeah. pull them in such a way that I can see anything.
4: Yeah. What do you what do you think?
5: Uh it's a little harder to breathe, which is probably a good thing. That means it's working, right? T- yeah. That's Plus, t-
4: your lungs are lazy. Make them work a little bit.
5: That tingling feeling is that it's working. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a little hard to breathe. I certainly wouldn't want to, like, walk fast or exercise, because I was playing tag with the kids. <laughs>
6: You're doing that a lot without the masks, are you? I was playing tag
5: with the kids yesterday at the park, and we all had masks on, and I can do that. But with both of these on, I wouldn't be able to.
6: Are your glasses getting
4: fogged?
5: N- I, I think not as much for some
4: huh. reason. Well, wait a minute.
6: Because I find myself semi-holding my breath so I don't fog my glasses. Yeah. Have you tried the, the tape over the nose thing for that?
5: I have not, sir. What? what why do you do that?
6: Because, uh, well, essentially you're closing off the chimney of, of your breath getting up into your glasses. You just uh, I've seen, I think it was some medical people do, do that. Okay. And if they wear glasses and they have mm. surgical masks, they just put a little piece of tape or a Band-Aid. I don't want to walk around with a Band-Aid. You would rather walk around with foggy glasses bumping into stuff.
5: This isn't bad. This feels more protective. This feels like a good idea. Okay. So, just saying, cool. from my personal experience, having just tried it, it feels like a better idea. And they may announce it today, the CDC, that you're supposed to double mask.
6: I mean, I've been, I've, I'm very fashion forward, so I've been kind of just doing that uh, for vanity purposes, just because I don't like the blue look of the mask. So I've got one of these masks that, like my the the medical one, like tucks on the inside of it.
5: Okay, so you've been double masking for a while. Yeah, well, yeah.
6: Aren't you cool? I'm ahead of the curve. Exactly. You regularly
4: wear a T-shirt with a wolf howling at the moon.
6: Yes, fashion that... forward. Oh, yes. Okay.
4: Is that what that means? Okay. <laughs> I well, misunderstood the term.
5: Uh, well, I, But this seems like a decent question. Uh, we're at this now for a year. Oh, well, a year ago you were telling us,
1: <laughs> don't wear a mask.
5: <laughs> you idiots. What are you wearing <laughs> on a mask for? That's what they were telling us a year ago. Um, now they're telling us double masking is a really good idea. W- would it have been a good idea last spring? Is there any reason why you didn't tell us any? You didn't know that? Did nobody think of it then? You're the geniuses. Nobody thought of that till now, a year in? Hey, i, I got a really forward-thinking idea here. I want to be the first throw at How about three masks?
4: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. They're going to have people helmet. passing out all over the place. <laughs> Just go full scuba gear, Michael. Huh? There you go. A SCUBA, All right, so that's there, an acronym. We're, we're, we're not allowed to use those anymore. Oh, that's right. Uh, a SCUBA is an acronym, and acronyms are a symptom of white supremacy, according to the San Francisco School District, which has no open schools. Anyway, speaking of schools, there have been a couple of movements through history where the charismatic leader has weaponized children against their parents, against their teachers, and terrorized uh, a society with children. Hitler did it. Uh, Chairman Mao did it. and and now the social justice warrior types are doing it. Story of a New York school. It's just crazy coming up in seconds.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
0: The
4: Armstrong and Getty show.
5: What is not being able to see smiles doing to our psyche? Maybe that's what's
4: making everybody crazy. You can't
5: mm. see, see anybody smile.
4: Well, that reminds me. I've been to talk about this. An article I read in The Atlantic about how we found ways during the vid to stay close to our good friends and relatives and stuff like that, at least reasonably close. We communicate, we Zoom, we we'll FaceTime, whatever. But psychologists are starting to realize the value of relationships like the people who are always at the sports bar when the Chiefs play, for instance, who you know, maybe a couple of them by name, uh, the, the, the gal who knows your order when you get to the coffee shop, um, the, the waitress at your favorite diner, all those like tangential, you wouldn't call them a friend exactly, but they're realizing they really form or they fill a need humans have, um, kind of the friendly village need. And we're not getting that in a lot of ways. So. More on that to come, perhaps.
6: Yeah, I, just, so, I remember when I would go to the happy hour place that I I would go to, I don't know, three or four nights out of any given work week, and you know they'd see me walk in the door, and before I even sat down, they were grabbing the beer that I always ordered, put it on the table, like, yeah, hey, here you go, you're going to get what you always that, get. And that huh? does
5: something for your belongingness. Huh. Yeah,
4: yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, this story is about New York's elite United Nations International School. You can't get your kids in there, and you can't afford it if you could. Super elite school. Well, last year, students at this school launched an anonymous social media campaign denouncing the school's teachers and administrators for their, quote, vast history of systemic racism, white liberal racist thinking, and direct intentional repeated racial trauma. The students threatened to cancel their oppressors, that's a quote, through social media shaming. And
5: administrators
4: (laughs) Administrators immediately caved in to their demands. Yeah, the student group started an Instagram account, which began posting dozens of anonymous and unverified accusations against the school and specific teachers. The accusations ranged from microaggressions, like one teacher used to mix up the names of black students. That's got to be racism to white leadership failure, like refusing to hire enough black teachers, etc., The Instagram campaign demanded that the school fire the racist principals, threatened to begin naming their oppressors, and pledged a policy of no mercy. No one is obligated to protect you from those consequences, and no one is obligated to forgive you, said the militant children. Late in the summer, the anonymous students formalized their demands in an online petition, which was signed by students, alumni, and parents... Talked about uh, they've carefully created the illusion of a multicultural utopia while black students and other marginalized groups suffer from a culture of ignorance and isolation. The group demanded that the school hire a director of diversity and inclusion, institute mandatory anti-racism trainings, so, oh boy, decolonize the curriculum. Okay, don't know what that means. Create safe spaces for minorities, support oh, the exploration of diverse gender identities, and reject the eurocentric focus of mainstream academia and push an agenda of intersectionality. Keep in mind these are children now and this is a super expensive school. 44 grand a year.
5: Woo wee.
4: And and I was, you know, I was going to get into that a little more later but these are the children of the super elite international bankers and diplomats and whatever through the UN.
5: Man, your kid might come out of that school uh, with a view of the world you wish existed, if you're a crackpot in my opinion, but maybe you believe it. But, man, they're not going to come out of that school with a view of the world that does exist.
4: Every I don't man, know where you'd go to work or socialize where it fits in with anything you learned. Every man, woman, and child who's, who's throwing on a, a hard hat or a work shirt or whatever and boots... And going to work in America is a thousand times more oppressed than these kids who are certain that they are oppressed. Oh yeah, I
5: didn't even, for some reason I glossed over the fact. Yeah, that's the least oppressed group in uh, maybe pra- practically
6: the world.
4: By the end of the summer, the administrator had hired a diversity consulting firm to do the anti-racist trainings, which are the most racist thing you've ever heard in your life, create a student-led anti-racist board, overhaul the academic curriculum, hired a full-time director of diversity, equity, and inclusion. I hate to sound
5: uh, like AOC or Bernie, but if your parents are sending you to a $44,000 a year grade school,
4: or is it just high school? It's uh, a school. Uh, yeah, I think it's a high school.
5: But if your kid, if your parents are sending you forty-four thousand dollars a year, ninth grade, um, you have to work to fail in
6: your life. Would be my oh, guess. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. You have to work hard. Yeah, you, you'd to have fail. to.
5: You'd have to make <laughs> many, many mistakes to not end up in
4: the top socioeconomic levels. Yeah, you probably have a trust fund anyway, but. Uh... Uh, Now, they the administration caved. Others in the school community had a different reaction, quoting this article from City Journal. One staff member told me that the school, quote, is currently in the grips of a mania. It's led to an unprecedented amount of division, paranoia, and hatred within the institution. Uh, A small number of employees see this anti-racist training as pure indoctrination but don't know what to do.
5: So it's like the mania we were talking about yesterday of, uh, you know, when they thought there were witches. What happened in Salem, that sort of mania. But it's it's... It's wokeness, the mania of wokeness, and it's just driven them all completely nuts.
4: Mm -hmm. And the inside-outside game is something you ought to be familiar with. According to student activists, to disagree with any part of their agenda is to admit to racism. Yeah, that's the way that game works. Any part. As a result, the anonymous activists have succeeded in steamrolling the institution and establishing an inside-outside game, mobilizing power within the institution and ensuring compliance by means of threats from outside it. They have said you uh, uh, acquiesce to our demands or we will ruin you on social media. Uh, and it goes on, he makes the point that um, the dynamics at this bastion of elite progressivism reveals something important about the American political environment. The children of the most privileged people on the planet have donned the mantle of oppression to satisfy their moral narcissism and to exercise power over their elders. The adults, crippled with anxiety about any threat to their status, immediately bow to anonymous teenagers leading an online mob. That is some good writing, and that is the great Christopher Rufo, who we have... Uh, quoted more than once, we'll post this entire article at ArmstrongandGetty dot com so you can read it. Send it around to your friends. That of.
5: is some great writing.
4: It's it's so right out of the Red Guard and Mao's uh, you know uh, militant uh, making the youth into militants. It, it is uh, the Khmer Rouge did the same thing in Cambodia,
5: and it started this small and grew from there.
4: Drag your parents out into the street bring them to their knees where they have to participate in struggle sessions that turned into beatings, that turned into murders. Kids dragging their parents into the street for being counter-revolutionaries and joining in the mob to kill them. Wow. Kids are morally pliable. That's why dictators want them.
5: we got the latest on the GameStop story. It's pretty entertaining. Stay tuned.
0: Armstrong and Getty.